Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Today on The State of Ukraine, arrests and torture of workers inside Europe's largest nuclear power plant. I'm Greg Dixon. For more than a year now, Russian forces have occupied the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in central Ukraine. Signs of poor maintenance and not enough staff have led experts to warn about the potential for a nuclear accident. And locals say Russia is turning the plant into a military installation. NPR's Joanna Kikissis brings us stories of Ukrainians forced to work inside the Russian-controlled plant. Roman Herman says he spent his entire life around nuclear power plants. He grew up near one, Chernobyl. He was 11 years old when a reactor there blew up, causing the worst nuclear accident in history. My father was a security guard there. I remember he came home, immediately put his clothes in the trash and warned us not to approach it. The next day, the buses came to get us. Their final stop was Enerhodar, the city known as the giver of energy. It's near the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. Working there always seemed like the obvious choice to me. It was also considered so prestigious. Hermann got a job maintaining and repairing the plant's in-reactor control systems to make sure temperatures remain stable. He grew up obsessed with science and machines, so he loved his job. But then, in March 2022, Russian soldiers arrived. They occupied the plant after a four-hour firefight that burned down the plant's training building. For some reason, I thought we would be spared, that the Russians would never attack a nuclear power plant. I didn't believe it until the very end. Russian forces kept Hermann and other staff there to keep the plant running. He says he got used to seeing soldiers and armored personnel carriers everywhere. By summer, he noticed the Russian soldiers were already treating the grounds of the plant like a barracks. They sunbathed in their underwear. They barbecued. They slept on the grass. They smoked all the time and threw their cigarettes on the ground. More concerning, he says, was their apparent obliviousness to hazards near the nuclear plant. He says Russian troops parked vehicles with ammunition near the plant's machine room, as well as tankers filled with flammable liquids. Also, they mined the territory around the plant. We were told to only walk around in daylight and strictly on concrete paths. After work, Hermann and other plant staff went home to the city of Enerhodar, which is also occupied by Russian forces. At night, he would hear explosions. And I saw evidence of shelling at work. Ukraine has accused Russia of shelling nearby cities from the plant and also shelling the plant itself. Russia, however, says it's Ukrainian forces attacking the plant. NPR spoke to plant workers who said it felt so dangerous there that they had to escape. Engineer Alexei Melnichuk, who fled last year, says it wasn't just the fear of an accident at the plant. It was also the stress of living in town. The Russian troops attacked people 
kidnapped them, stole whatever they wanted. I got sick of going to work with a gun pointed in my face. Russia moved to make Anerhodar and other occupied areas part of Russia. After a sham referendum last fall, they were formally annexed despite international condemnation. Russian authorities started demanding Ukrainian workers sign forms to be paid in rubles, the Russian currency. Hedemann says he told his colleagues not to sign. The Russian Secret Service said I was scaring people. They put a hood over my head and took me away. He says Russian soldiers drove him to a windowless room where they beat him with a bat, broke his ribs, cut him with scissors, and tortured him with forceps. He says he was detained and tortured twice. I realized that if there would be a third time, it would be my last, that I would never get out of there alive. So I started looking for ways to escape. In February, Hermann and his wife left Anerhodar with their dogs Lana and Mila in the back seat. He says they drove through occupied parts of Ukraine, past heavy Russian fortifications along the front line and the ruins of the city of Mariupol. Then they drove north through Russia until they found a safe border crossing to northeastern Ukraine. Now they're in Kyiv. Some other nuclear power plant workers who managed to flee now live in the central city of Zaporizhia. where they often meet at a community center. On a recent morning, they listen to music and weave flowers into wreaths. Natalia Nikolaeva was a lab technician at the plant. Being here makes us feel like home used to be, without the armed men next to you at work. She says the Ukrainian company that operates the plant continues to pay staff who were forced to flee. But workers still at the plant say conditions there are only getting worse. Dimitro Orlov, a Nerhardar's exiled mayor, says he speaks to them and their families via text and encrypted lines. They tell him the plant is short-staffed and that Russian troops continue to militarize it. The plant is saturated with military equipment. It's a military base. They're using it to blackmail the international community with nuclear threats. British intelligence reports that the Russians have gone so far as to build defensive positions on top of the reactor buildings themselves. Roman Hermann, the plant worker, says it will be tough for Ukrainian forces to push out the Russians. The plant is like a human shield, he says, and they can hide behind it. Joanna Kikisis, NPR News, reporting from Kyiv and Zaporizhia. Thanks for listening to The State of Ukraine from NPR News. Please come back for more on the war and its impacts around the world. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. 
Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This is my voice. I can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on Black experiences. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. 